Welcome back to the Hottest Takes Wars podcast presented by Sip Sports. This is your host, John Ashkar, and today with me, I'm back with my co-host, Jack Vandermater. Welcome back, Jack. Glad to be back. Glad we're doing this episode. Um, if, as many of you know, or probably not, I'm coming at you live from the corona capital of the world. And so I'm a little under the weather, so if any of my takes are uh, a little off, please feel free to uh, call me out on that, but I'm glad to be back. Well, we hope you feel better, Jack, and we actually have a quick message from our sponsor before we get this episode started. As many of you guys know, we are sponsored by Manscaped, which we are very grateful for. Support for the Hottest Take Sports podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. As you know, Manscaped helps us out a ton with sponsorships. We're doing a giveaway coming up soon that we'll talk about more later, but they're the reason that we're able to do stuff like that for you guys. So if you would like to help us and support our podcast, uh, you can use code HTSP when checking out at manscaped.com, and you get 20% off and free shipping. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code HTSP. They got a lot of great stuff. They got a lot of cheap stuff or more expensive stuff if you're into that. And it's it really helps us out a ton. Yeah, every time you, y'all get something, we're very grateful, and it just helps us out. And we put everything back into this show, so we're just trying to make it bigger and better for all of you. So without further ado, let's get right into it. All right, so our Browns season special. So Jack, do you want to start <laughs> it off with some headlines? Yeah, so the first big headline that we have is Kareem Hunt gets an extension. A lot of Browns fans presumably were really happy to see that. That locks up Kareem Hunt in our backfield for the next three years because he currently has one year left on his contract. So we'll have Chubb and Hunt in the backfield for the next three years. Uh, He gets a two-year, $13.25 million contract. And I think that's going to be a really tough duo to stop for the next few years. What do you think about that signing, and how do you think that affects Chubb, John? Well, first off, I'm just going to say Andrew Barry is like a stud. Like, I absolutely love this deal. Kareem Hunt at his best, is arguably one of like the best running backs in the NFL. You guys saw that in Kansas City. He was great for us in only eight games last year, and I, I just think this is awesome. You get an elite, like, I, I would call him elite, an elite running back for $6.5 million a year when you have guys making $15.5 who are just as good as him. So I, I love this deal, Jack. I think it's great for him. I think it's great for the Browns. And in regards to Nick Chubb, I mean, his new contract is three years down the road, but contract extension talks would likely start next year. I see a lot of people freaking out about this, saying Nick Chubb's gone, but I think people are also failing to realize that both of their contracts are going to be up at the the same time. So I think Nick Chubb will end up getting that second contract by the Browns. Yeah, I think that's... That's definitely going to happen. I mean, and like you said, they're up at the same time. I think the most likely situation is that, barring some wild change of direction, Nick Chubb is our running back of the future. So I think that the Browns probably will sign Nick Chubb at the end of his contract. And Kareem Hunt, we'll see what he does if he's still around after that. But like you said, I totally agree. Um, I don't think this means that Chubb is going to be gone by any means. 
Right, and if he does sign that contract next year, and that co- and the extension does kick in with the fifth year of the contract, that's only one year of paying Chubb top notch money with Kareem Hunt on contract too. So that's only one year where you'd be playing paying a ton of money to running backs, and after that you'd just be ch- paying Chubb big money. So I definitely think it's something right. that's available for the Browns to do, and something that's definitely a possibility with Nick Chubb saying he would love to be here. Yeah, totally agree. Um, with that, how do you think that's going to affect Chubb from a statistic perspective? You know, Kareem Hunt obviously is going to take a lot of the receiving work, um, but how do you think that's going to affect Chubb and his mentality coming into the, these next few years? Well, I think a big thing that both NFL and college teams are realizing with running backs is less carries can benefit guys. It's not it, we're not in a league anymore where it's ground and pound where you're just running it down people's throats back like it was in the 80s and 90s. Like you got to take care of these running backs cuz they get hit really really hard. Chubb's stats are obviously going to go down especially his receiving. And Nick Chubb gets knocked for his receiving, but I actually think he's a really underrated wide receiver. But anyways, I think I think this is good for him. Like yes, your stats are going to drop a little bit because you have someone as good as Kareem Hunt getting carries and getting receptions. But at the end of the day, I think Nick Chubb's health and durability is one of the biggest winners of this contract extension because he's going to give you the production. Like, he's good. The talent's there. The dude's an absolute beast. But now he has someone that can kind of pick off where he leaves off, and I think that's great for him, Jack. Yeah, I think that's really a good point because I think some – Running backs, you know, if you work them into the ground and you just keep on giving them carries, by the end of the game, they're going to be tired. It only makes sense. So they're going to be more efficient, like almost as the game goes on, because the defense, as the defense gets tired or more tired, they're going to be fully rested and ready to go. I think that this kind of reminds me a little bit of the 2017 Saints with Ingram and Kamara. And granted, that offense was very very productive under Drew Brees and Sean Payton I'm I'm not I think that'd be our best case scenario but you know Nick Chubb is kind of that Mark Ingram role the kind of the bruiser who's going to take probably more of the early down work and Kamara is that change of pace guy who can really be a mismatch for the defenses and I think it's going to be a really hard one-two punch to handle right and and you're seeing these these backfields coming more and more into fruition every year I mean, like, even back, I think it was, like, 2017 for the Falcons, you had Tevin Coleman and Devonta Freeman, and those guys were unstoppable. Like, having a two-back system is just the new wave in the NFL, and it works. It works really, really well. Yeah. So I I think we both agree that was a pretty good signing. Moving on to another move that the Browns made, they traded for safety Ronnie Harrison a couple days ago. Um, Ronnie Harrison coming over from the Jags. Uh, the Browns sent a 2021 fifth-round pick in return. And do you want to talk about Harrison and the impact he might have a little bit? Yeah, so I think this is another home run by Andrew Barry. It's a real low-risk, high-reward type of situation. To be honest with you, I have no idea why the Jags would do this deal. Maybe it's because Ronnie Harrison like lost the competition or something. But the guy, the guy's still young. He's on a cheap contract, his rookie contract, and there's just so much value there. Like last season, he was, I think, second on the team in tackles with 71. He had two interceptions, nine passes deflected, and two sacks. I, I don't know. I just don't really see a reason why the Jags would do this. But I'm really happy that they did. And 
Harrison is someone that specializes in coverage, Jack. Completion percentage allowed of 55% last year, which was ninth among safeties. And QBs had a passer rating of 68.8 when throwing his way. So, like, the biggest thing with this is he's kind of like a clone of Grant Delpit in sorts. Like, Grant Delpit is really, really good in coverage, and Ronnie Harrison's going to come in and fill that role. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I definitely think there could be something behind the scenes that maybe prompted the Jags to trade him. But then again, they cut Leonard Fournette. It's very possible that they're just really trying to tear it down and get whatever they can in, in hoping to do a full rebuild, and the Browns took advantage of that. Um, but like you said, I mean, he's fantastic in coverage, and with Grant Delpit's Achilles injury, I think it is a really good move to help add some depth and bolster the safety because there's just... You know, Delpit's injury was such a big loss to that safety core. I just think that Harrison is going to be a huge addition for just a fifth-round pick to really keep the Browns in contention and keep their defense honest. Right, and 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 an injury comes. Carl Joseph gets injured quite a bit. Then you're only right. you would only have been left with like Redwine and Sandejo, and who was your backup? Like Javante Mofat or something like that, who's on our practice squad right now. <laughs> Like, nothing against MoFat, but, like, the depth wasn't there. And bringing Harrison gives you four quality safeties that the Browns can rely on and rotate. Yeah, so I think that's really big, and we're going to talk about that that depth a little bit later. Um, But moving on to more headlines, uh, we added Malcolm Smith, Porter Gustin, and I'm going to let you talk about these guys a little bit more, but Porter Gustin wins the spot over Chad Thomas. As some of you might know, Chad Thomas was waived by the Browns when they did their first round of cuts the other day. And then Dearness Johnson also got, gets the nod over Dontrell Hilliard. Dontrell Hilliard being moved to the practice squad, I believe. Um, and Dearness Johnson, a guy who has shown some flashes when he gets the opportunity, but probably won't be seeing much of the field with Chubb and Hunt healthy. Yeah, so... Malcolm Smith's definitely a more under-the-radar signing. He only played four games last year, but if you guys do recall, he was the Super Bowl MVP back for Seattle when they won that Super Bowl. So the guy has playoff experience, which is something that the Browns lack, like, a lot. And I just think he's another good addition to this linebacker core, considering how young it is. I remember in an early episode we talked about how our linebackers are, like, an average age of 23, Jack. And that's, like, absurd. Yeah, that's, I mean... Our whole team is ridiculously young, but especially the linebackers. Not only are they young, but just unproven. So there's a lot of experience issues that uh, need to be addressed. So I think any experience that you can get and in veteran presence is going to be huge. Yeah, and it's not. I don't think they're even expecting Smith to take like a huge role. Like they just need someone that they know can get it done, and Smith is that guy. Yeah, even for the locker room. Mm-hmm. So moving on to another move. So defensive end Porter Gustin made the roster over Chad Thomas. And this may be surprising to most because Chad Thomas was a second-round pick two years ago. And it's also it's also a little interesting because with Chad Thomas going, Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, and Denzel Ward are the only members of the 2018 draft class that are still left on this team. Yeah, so what was a great draft and what still is, was great, is a great draft for the Browns. We lose one more. Uh, Chad Thomas... A.K.A. Major 9 is his producer tag, but (laughs) Chad Thomas was a guy who I thought actually bounced back a little bit last year. He had a pretty down rookie year. I think he might have been dealing with some injuries, but um, he he bounced back a little bit, had some decent decent plays and had some big moments last year, but ultimately couldn't get it done this year. Um, Has struggled with really making that, that 
full-time impact and I think you know the Browns just decided to move on from so yeah I mean he had like four sacks last year nine pressures I thought he did a pretty good job and like with the limited chances he had but I wasn't at training camp uh, and we don't really have much access to that stuff and if the effort wasn't there and if he just wasn't quite playing well then you know you're gonna add someone with a high motor who just really really wants it like Porter right and then the last guy is Dearness Johnson. So Dearness Johnson, a guy who's shown some flashes, signed, Brown signed him as an undrafted free agent running back out of UCF last year. At this time last year, Dontrell Hilliard was getting some hype out of camp. He looked really good, but just never really put it together. He, he just, you know, what he did on the practice field never really translated over onto the playing field. And ultimately... Looks like he just didn't have another great camp this year and wasn't able to hold off Dearness. And I think also vice versa. I think Dearness had a really good camp. I saw some highlights from him coming out of the Browns' Twitter. So ultimately, probably not a huge impact move, but just good to know that we have some decent depth behind those big two running backs. Yeah, and it's like I agree with you when you're talking about the hype with Hilliard and everything. Like, People thought he was going to be good. He had a great camp last summer. He scored the first touchdown of the year versus the Titans last year, so everyone was super hyped up about him for a second. And then Darrenus Johnson kind of comes in and just steals the show. They said he was way more explosive through the gaps this year. He was better at catching the ball. So as, as much as like that we the fact that we do have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, one of them could easily go down. And Jack, this is a run-heavy offense, so the Browns need someone they can sort of rely on with the number three running back spot. Exactly. You never know where you're going to need depth, even in where you think you have plenty. Um, and I think that's really something that Barry's done a good job at dealing with this season. But as you can already see, um, there's, you know, players go down and all of a sudden you go from looking like the best, you know, you know, if, if Hunt goes down, you all of a sudden you go from having one of the best running back rooms in the league to, you know, still having a very good running back room. But it, you know, that could definitely impact the, the outcome of some games. So I think it's really important to have uh, some solid depth behind those those big names. Yeah, and just talking uh, a little bit more on that depth real quick, I think a great example that Barry might have learned from was the Browns wide receiver core last year. Like, it, it, was so, it looked so flashy with Odell and Jarvis, but after that, Callaway couldn't produce, Ratley didn't produce. It was, it was just like, it was, there was no yeah. depth. And like you said, Barry has done an amazing job at adding depth. Right. I totally agree. So, talking about that depth, the Browns are really going to have to use that this upcoming weekend, Jack, with the Ravens game coming. It's week one, baby. Yeah, so the Ravens, we get a really tough matchup versus the Ravens week one. I'm sure most of you guys know that and are looking forward to it either way. I think it could be a really good statement game for the Browns if they're able to win that. I mean, obviously, I think Vegas has them as seven and a half point uh, underdogs, so I think it'd be a really, uh, a really good win for them. Um, just for their mentality too, if they can if they can beat the Ravens week one, I think this season is already a success in a way. But it's definitely not going to be easy. So there's a couple storylines I want to touch on really quick, and that first being is will Baltimore target the depleted secondary? Obviously, we just talked about Grant Delpit going down and some of that inexperience. You know, will how will Lamar Jackson attack that that secondary of the Browns? So, like, a lot of people are going to come expecting the Ravens to run Jack, but one place where the Browns are kind of hurting right now is the cornerback position. You have Ward there, but then Greedy Williams 
having a shoulder injury. MJ Stewart has an injury. He, he's a recently signed corner out of Tampa. And then Kevin Johnson has a lacerated liver. So those are possibly three corners that could be out. I mean, Terrence Mitchell, in my opinion, is a very, very underrated player. But still at the same time, just having two corners is not enough in the league today, Jack. No. I mean, especially when your safeties are already beat up enough, it just all kind of overlaps onto each other. It's definitely going to be a problem. We And we know about the injury concerns with the ward and some of these, you know, these corners are not big guys. So that's definitely a concern. I think as far as how Baltimore, Baltimore will go at them, we all know that they're one of the most run-heavy teams in the league, but Lamar can definitely throw, and he showed that. I think with the, I think Marquise Brown could be looking to have a big game. Obviously, Mark Andrews, the breakout tight end last year. Those are two guys that the Browns really are going to need to focus on, and I think they're going to have their work cut out for them, covering those guys on top of the, the running ability that the Ravens bring. Right, it's definitely something that the Browns are going to have to game plan for, knowing that it could be one of their biggest weaknesses this upcoming week. And like like you said, I think Hollywood Brown is a great example of someone who can kind of pop off and have a great game. Or even someone like Willie Sneed, because, I mean, they're going to put all of their attention on Hollywood and Andrews. So I'm, it, it's, I think that the Ravens have a good chance of being able to attack us that way, Jack. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, so... Another storyline I just want to quickly touch on um, in Je- is Jedrick Wills, his first game, our, our number 10 overall pick. It'll be his debut. Um, it's going to be a huge. I mean, he has a huge role, left tackle on a run-heavy team, you know, and it's in going against a really tough defense. How do you think, how do you expect him to do in his debut, and do you think he'll be able to live up to the task? You know, I, th- I think it's way too early for him to be like, living up to his potential. I think he'll do a fine job, but there's definitely going to be some troubles, Jack. Maybe a sack, some pressures or something like that. I mean, you're not this Baltimore Ravens defensive line is not a joke. They went out and added Calais Campbell this offseason. They got Derek Wolf from the Broncos who's been a great pass rusher for them. So, as good as I think Jedrick Wills projects to be, this is like not a good scenario for him to be in week one, especially having no preseason. So I do think he'll hold his own, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was some troubles along the way. Yeah, and I mean, I hope I'm wrong when I say this, but I, I, I completely agree. I, not to mention like the the switch to, from right tackle in college to left tackle in the NFL, it sounds like he's been having a few struggles with that. Not struggles necessarily, but it's been, been a little bit weird for him. Right. Right, exactly. So, I, you know, I think as Browns fans, as much as I loved the pick, I think we do have to temper expectations. And I think that's going to be a big thing that the Browns are going to have to plan for and game plan around if they want to win this game. So, well, that'll be definitely something to keep an eye on. But like I said, I hope I'm wrong. I hope he dominates and we have our left tackle of the future. So moving on to another preview headline is, will Baker or the running back tandem, Jack, have a bigger effect on the outcome of this game? So this one's, this one's tough because, you know, I think with Earl, so as, as many people know, Earl Thomas departed from the Ravens this offseason. He had some, you know, issues with the team so with that said the Ravens secondary is still very good but um, losing one of the better safeties in the league definitely hurts um, and I think Baker needs to step up I mean I look the running back tandem will have a huge effect on this game and it, it'll have a huge effect on every game for the Browns but I think this season revolves around Baker and I think Baker needs to step up and lead this team to a win and be the the vocal guy 
for this offense that's really going to elevate everyone else around him. Yeah, Jack, I, I completely agree with you. As good as our rush attack is, they're, they're going to be prepared for it. Like guys like Campbell, Derek Wolf, Brandon Williams. You have Matthew Judon. You go out and add Patrick Queen and Malik Harrison in the draft. They're going to be prepared for that. But the thing is, their secondary is no easy task without Earl Thomas anyways because you're looking at Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, who are both first-team All-Pros, and then Jimmy Smith. So it's it's not going to be an easy task whatsoever, but I think the X factor of this game will be the passing game for the Browns. Will they be able to get it done against those really tough corners, and will Baker be able to take them to the win? Yeah, that'll definitely be something to keep an eye on, and... It'll be, I'm, again, I'm just excited to see the debut of this hopefully revamped Browns offense. You know, an offense that everyone was so excited to see just a year ago. So the final thing I want to talk about before we move on to some of the more long-term things with the Browns is the Ravens. They added J.K. Dobbins, the Ohio State running back, Ohio State favorite. Um, how big of a fact do you, do you think he will be in his debut? Obviously, they still have Mark Ingram. And they still have Lamar Jackson, who's a huge threat to rush. Do you think J.K. Dobbins will be a, a big factor in whoever wins this game? You know, I don't think he's going to get a ton of carries, Jack, just because it's the first game and they have Ingram. So why not steadily and slowly add Dobbins into the system? But at the same time, after watching Dobbins for three years, he's a guy that can break out just so easily. He can, he can just hit one out of the park and go 75 yards for a touchdown. So... Even if he doesn't get a lot of runs, I still think he's going to make an impact because he has that pop-off ability where he can just go off at any time and get a huge touchdown. That's actually a really good point. You kind of reminded me of Nick Chubb when he, against right. the Raiders, uh-huh. he only uh-huh. had like th- three carries and had two touchdowns. Like That's something that Dobbins could do. Like He could take one to the house at any time. He's got that insane explosiveness that can just, that, you know, he's gone before you even know it. So. Um, I do think that's someone that we definitely have to plan for, and I'm sure the Browns are planning for, but um, it'll be interesting to see his debut and how big of a factor he has. That's kind of the, the wrapping it up for the Ravens game. Um, I want to give a quick question to you. What do you think the, uh, the outcome of this game is going to be? What's your prediction? I'm optimistic about this game, Jack, and it might sound like I'm honestly a Ravens fan, but I'm going to pencil this one as 31-27 to 27 Ravens. You know, I, I, I like the realistic uh, nature of, of that guess, and you're probably not wrong, but I'm going to be, I'm going to take the other side just Good. because you said Ravens. Good. Um, and I'm going to say the Browns pull an upset. It's the beginning of a great season for them, and they win this game. Ah, man, I don't know what the score is going to be. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 31, what'd you say, 31? 27. All right, I'll say 31-27 Browns. There you go. All right, awesome. So, just going to flip-flop it. All right, so... Moving on. Moving on. We're going to go to some factors of success and some of the biggest Browns' weaknesses. And, and real quick, I'll just start with you, John. What are your top three factors for, for the Browns to have success this season? So, throwing it back real quick, we did this segment in our second episode of our podcast ever, so... If you've heard this before, you're an OG. We thank you. So my first big factor to success, Jack, is Baker Mayfield. He has to be able to go get it done, point blank. There's no excuses this year. One big thing that we said is he's going to be the huge act factor in this Ravens game. He's going to be the one that's changing the outcome of this, Jack. 
Yeah, I completely agree with that. My number one was also Baker. I said it had to be Baker. If Baker doesn't have a good season, I mean, not only is that going to really hurt the Browns' chances for this season, but, I mean, who knows what the Browns are, the future of the Browns are going to be. Is Baker going to be the quarterback of the future? Will, will Case Keenum potentially see playing time? So I, I definitely think Baker is the number one factor for success this season. I, I don't think it's really close, but... Um, what about your number two, John? So my number two is Kevin Stefanski, Jack. So I really trust him. I, I know he's not going to be unprepared like Freddie Kitchens was. I know he's going to have more of a game plan than the first 15 scripted plays like Freddie Kitchens did. And I think it's quite unfair to even compare him to someone like Freddie Kitchens. But we, we need him to step up big. Like He doesn't have any room to fail this year, Jack. Like He's got to come in and get the job done off the bat, which is essentially impossible for a rookie head coach they're asking so much of him but he's just got to come in and get it done he's got to control this team he's got to control the personalities and he's just got to help us play well yeah i think the biggest thing you just said was control of the team and really be that just manager i mean he's got a like you saw what happened to freddie he just had no control of the team the players didn't respect him i mean even if he struggles a little bit with some of the nuances of being a head coach as long as he has control and can just manage the team to to, to have some success, I think that's going to be huge. And I, I know we said this about Freddie Kitchens last year with Hugh, in regards to Hugh Jackson, but, I mean, how much worse can it get? So I think Kevin Stefanski definitely is a huge factor to success, um, and I, I hope he does really well. I, I actually said chemistry was my number two factor to, for success this season, with Stefanski coming in at three for me. Chemistry for me is huge because if if this team wants to win, they really got to trust each other. I think the biggest thing, the biggest storyline about the Browns for the last maybe 20 years is just this losing culture and getting over the hump, finding out ways to win. And I think that's only going to happen when people start to believe in each other and believe that they're legit. Um, so I think if this team can really come together, I think everything from Stefanski to Baker will just improve across the board. So. And all this hype will actually come to fruition, Jack. Exactly, exactly. So my number three was actually secondary health because our, our corners, as talented as young as they are, haven't really proven that they can stay healthy throughout an NFL season. I mean, starting with Ward, like I know he's healthy right now, but he's had injury problems the past two years. Greedy Williams had injury problems last year, and he's already hurt now. Terrence Mitchell broke his arm. MJ Stewart hasn't been... I mean, the guy got here and was hurt. Kevin Johnson had a lacerated liver and has also dealt with injuries and inconsistency in his career. So that's my biggest... That's my third biggest factor to, to success. I know the NFL is so pass-heavy right now. So those are the guys that we're going to be relying on a ton with our defense. So I think for the Browns to be successful this year, they got to be able to stop the pass, especially when you're in the same division as teams like... the. The freaking like Chiefs, like you got to be able to stop the pass. So we really need these guys to be healthy, Jack. Yeah, I 100% agree. And you mentioned Chiefs, but like even the AFC North quarterbacks, like mm-hmm. you got Lamar, Big Ben, and then Joe Burrow has been. I've been hearing rave reviews from him out of camp. I wouldn't be surprised if he broke some records this season. You know, they're gonna have to, to have to be able to have a solid defense if they want to compete in this division. And that's definitely secondary health is definitely going to be a huge part of that. So. Um, like I, I, I talked about earlier, Stefanski was my third key to success, um, and we kind of talked about that, so I'm not going to uh, harp on that too long. But, but like we said, 
he just got to control his locker room and really be the leader, kind of the, the father of the locker room, if you will. Exactly. Talking about successes, the Browns have a lot on their plate, but they also have some weaknesses, Jack. Yeah, so um, I'll start this time. My number one weakness for the Browns is just the limited offseason with a new coach. Um, we touched on this briefly, but you know they only had 14 padded practices, and they had to learn a complete completely new system and I realize that they've been working on this for longer than two weeks but you know as a, as a first-time head coach and a lot of young players learning a new system after just learning a new system the year before that it's definitely I think that I wouldn't be surprised if some inexperienced shows I hope that they can get that as soon as possible but um, I definitely think the limited time and experience with with that new head coach and new system uh, could show some flaws early in the season yeah, I, I definitely think it's a given that some flaws will be shown, Jack. It's, it's only fair. Like, these guys are new to the NFL or relatively new, so mistakes are going to be made, and sometimes they're going to be worse than others, and it's going to let up a big player, a big touchdown. It's just going to look awful, but you got to expect that coming in with these young guys who just haven't played a lot. Right. So talking about my number one weakness is linebacker depth, and it's basically hitting on the same thing as your number one, Jack. The linebackers are just so young. They, they, they just haven't played a lot. The experience isn't there. And as talented as they are, the more playing time you get, the better you get, essentially. It's just going to be tough for them, Jack. It's going to be really exactly. tough for them to settle in. I think this is a really important one as well. Because I think when people talk about stopping the run, something the Browns have been pretty bad at the last oh, few awful. seasons, everyone always thinks about the, the defensive line. But I think linebackers play a huge part in stopping the run, too, because they kind of fill those gaps, the holes that open up, that that are just going to open up. It's, it's inevitable, right? So I think linebacker depth is huge. And then on top of that, Mac Wilson's going to miss a few, a few weeks. So, And he was one of the few bright spots in that linebacker room. So I do think that linebacker depth will be a problem throughout the season, whether that's stopping the run or covering tight ends or whatever it may be. Um, and then not to mention, if one of those guys that we that is healthy gets hurt, I mean, we're going to be playing practice squad guys soon enough. So it's it's definitely an issue. Yeah, and that kind of plays into your second weakness, Jack. Yeah, so my second weakness is also safety linebacker depth. And safety was big for me because, our like we talked about earlier, our secondary was already kind of depleted um, and weak in some ways. And then also it's just it's bad because... I just want to talk about Delpit's injury for a second. You know, it's just a terrible way to start your career. An Achilles injury is so hard to come back from. So I think just that mental hump that he's going to have to get over in the future um, and that the whole room around him is, you know, they were practicing with, like, Delpit was going to be healthy the whole season. So it's going to be just very kind of on the fly getting this job done for this safety room. So um, I definitely think that that depth in the defense and secondary is going to be huge. And mine, Jack, plays into your concern about safety. My second biggest biggest weakness was safety experience. And right now, the person most experienced is a Brown that is a safety is Sheldrick Redwine, who's played 12 games for us. He was just a rookie. And I know Sandejo and Carl Joseph have been in the league way longer, but I'm just saying who have played on the Browns, who have that fluidity with this team and with this defense, and not even to mention that they're in a whole new system with Joe Woods now. I just think that inexperience with the safeties is a huge weakness because 
Redwine only has 12 career games. Carl Joseph is coming from Oakland. Sandejo is coming from the Vikings. And now you have Harrison coming from the Jags. So these guys haven't played with anyone else on our defense before. And it's just going to be tough for them to kind of mold together and become a great unit when you're just diving into week one of the season. And I'll, I'll add something to that too, is that with this whole COVID thing and this very this, you know limited practice time, a lot of people think that the offenses struggle the most, but I think it's actually the defenses that get hurt the most by a lack of experience because you know they really got it's tough for them to coordinate everything and get on the same page. And like you said, when they haven't even played with each other, you know, and Redwine was not a high pick either. It's not like he's some bonafide stud. So, right. So I definitely think safety and experience on top of safety depth is going to be a huge factor if the Browns want to find some success. What's your third weakness, Jack? So my third weakness is winning experience. Um, and, and, you know, if we make it that far playoff experience, I just don't think, like like the Browns have struggled with for my entire lifetime, we just, we, we always find a way to lose. And I think we got to, we're also, we're so young, we got to find that winning, that, that, that person who's going to step up, that, that winning mentality and, and that's something that we don't really have in our locker room so I, I think that could be a struggle again I'm, I'm just being realistic the Brown until I see it it's hard to say that it's not going to happen so um, I definitely think experience and winning experience in particular is going to be a huge factor yeah and it goes along with my third biggest weakness and that's just deep season success the Browns haven't had a reason to play deep in seasons like Last year was just a mess at the end of the year. Like, there was nothing to play for. And you can see, like, their effort just wasn't there. And, like, that's something that the Browns are really going to have to turn around this year if they're going to be successful, Jack. Like, you got to be able to play deep into a season. And you got to be able to win those late, tough, cold, snowing games. Right, exactly. And especially if you're, you know, if you don't get off to a great start in that season or if you feel like you're not, you're just kind of getting by in every game and you're not really you know, playing with heart, like, that's going to be, it's just going to make it that much harder. So I definitely think that that ties into mine, and we both kind of piggybacked off each other here, but I think those are all good reasons, uh, or good big weaknesses that the Browns are going to have to face this season. So uh, the last kind of thing I want to talk about, unless you have any other plugs you want to mention, um, what is your record prediction for the Browns this season? So real quick, my record prediction for the Browns this year is 10-6. and six. It was 10-6 and six back when we recorded in May, and I'm sticking with that, Jack. I think the Browns will finally make it to the playoffs this year. It may not be winning through the division, but it will definitely be through the wild card. And the Browns are actually going to make it to January this year, Jack. Yeah, I love that prediction. I said the exact same thing, 10-6. Uh, and six. I think that the Browns... You know, I think this could finally be the year they put that all together, and I say it, we say it every year, but if this team can just, I mean, if they're so close, and we all know it, they got the talent. I think if they can really play through the running backs and Baker can find some consistency and Stefanski can just lead this locker room. I mean, you, you, Browns went, what, ten, ten, uh, six wins last year with Freddie Kitchens and nose tight end and, I mean, all sorts of problems, Miles Garrett getting suspended and Two years ago, with switching a head coach in the middle of the season, they went seven wins. Like, I, I think if things finally break right, they can they can get up to that nine ten win range for sure. It, it's it's 
a possibility that they can definitely turn into reality, Jack. Yep. So lastly, we just wanted to talk about something real quick that we are doing soon, that's coming up soon, and that's our jersey giveaway, Jack. Yeah, thank you guys. If you made it this far listening, um, you're going to get rewarded because we're doing a jersey giveaway at hottest underscore take pod. Um, follow us on Twitter if you've done already. We interact with you guys all the time. We love talking to you. But, yeah, we're doing a jersey giveaway before the season starts, and this has really been possible through our sponsors like Manscaped and everyone that's helped us out along the way, and we want to give back to you guys a little bit. And it's, it's also possible through our new merch, too. So if you guys haven't been able to right. check that out, go to t- uh, teespring.com, and we have our merch on there, and it's pretty fresh, and everything that we make, guys, like we said a million times, we just put it back into the show because we're trying to make it the best for you. And we just wanted to thank you for our support through our sponsor and through this merchandise. All of the people that have bought the merchandise, you guys are great. Like We wouldn't be able to do any of this without you guys. Through this, we want to give back to you guys, and we want to do a Browns or any NFL team jersey giveaway. Yep, I'm looking forward to that. I'm glad we're able to talk on this show, talk some Browns. I'm looking forward to the season starting here soon, and NFL being back. Yeah, thank you, Jack, for coming on, and I hope you feel better from the Rona, bro. Yeah, I'm working through it. I'm working through it. All right, we'll catch you all later. All right, peace. And thanks to you guys if you made it this far listening to the Hottest Take Sports podcast. Today's intro beat was made by Big Bad Beats on YouTube. We'll have a link to it in the description. Make sure you all give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Hottest underscore Take Pod. Also, make sure you stay on the lookout for our Jersey giveaway. It's coming soon on Twitter. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to stay updated with our show. Also, make sure you rate the show and leave some feedback. Thanks again, y'all, and see you next time.